And we are live for the 13th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. It's me and Alex here today. We're doing a bit of an early recording um, because I literally could not record an episode after that five-hour game yesterday. Um, oh, it was painful. It was painful. Uh, episodes titled Long Weekend because it was a damn long weekend. Uh, 35 innings of baseball, three games, uh, not to mention a pretty uh, bad, uh, not a terrible loss Thursday, but, you know, not a good loss on Thursday. And, yeah, um, there's really not much to say uh, between Stanton striking out five times in the same week, twice in the same week, um, between all the, in- the barrage of injuries we had on Friday, uh, you know, Tyler Wade just looking nauseous, Gary uh, leaving the game. CC leaving the just Brandon Drury seeing triple. I mean, it, it was just a, a bizarre, somewhat disastrous weekend. And even after all that, the Yankees are five and five. So, you know, reason reason for optimism heading to Boston tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it was a brutal weekend. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna review each of the three games from the weekend. Uh, you know, it's actually funny we recorded. Friday episode, like right before the game on Friday, and we had, like, I was saying, oh, you know, it's nice recording a episode before the game. Now I'm going to watch the Yankee game, and if only we knew what, <laughs> if what only was we ahead. Knew. If only we knew. So, yeah, Alex, uh, we're going to get into Fridays. We're going to start with Friday's game, go through Saturdays and Sundays, really quick. But yeah, Alex, uh, how are you? How are you feeling after that weekend? Oh, uh, I'm just very, I'm emotionally drained, honestly. Like. Friday's game took so much out of me. And then um, I didn't actually, I didn't get to watch uh, a, probably about a quarter of Saturday's game. Um, I listened to it on the radio pretty much, which was, it, was, it was nice listening to that because the Yankees ended up winning that one. It was eight to three. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, sit down yesterday thinking, oh yeah, they can do this. They They can, they can split the series. And then, Started off scoring five inning, five runs in the first inning, looking good, and then everything just fell apart. So yeah, it uh, there have been there have been better weekends in Yankees history. Absolutely, have been better weekends. Um, yeah, let's start with the game Thursday, or excuse me, start with the game Friday. Um, you know, it was it was a low scoring kind of a you know. It was, it was a low-scoring game early on that Friday game, but it was pretty lucky to be because CC allowed three home runs. All were solo shots, two to Machado. I think uh, Davis hit Ma- the other one. Machado owns him, though, yeah. so I, I don't yeah. really blame CC oh, yeah, that much. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, he and, you know, he got taken out after four innings of work. And uh, at first, you know, I thought that he was just taken out of the game, which, to be honest, I know this might be an unpopular opinion. I wouldn't even have had much of a problem with, even if he wasn't hurt. You know, I know they only had, like, 59, 60 pitches, but – you know, when you give up three home runs through four innings, you know, it's it's bringing him back out for a fifth and sixth innings. You're almost bound to give up another one, right? Especially yeah. if the was coming No, out. yeah, I th- and I, I think he, he, he probably could have – he was hurt. I didn't hate that yeah. No, he probably could have lasted another inning or two oh, um, because of just how much of a workhorse CC is. But, yeah, I don't – I didn't really have too much of a problem even if, it, even if he hadn't had the injury just mm-hmm. because he – he was getting outs, and he did, he was looking good to the most of the batters. But when he made his mistakes, like he did to Machado and Davis, they went over the wall. 
Yeah, four and, innings, four innings, four hits, three runs, no walks, three strikeouts, fifty-eight pitches. Yeah. So yeah, four, three of the four hits were left the yard. Yeah, so it's it's pretty much. I don't. There there wasn't that much of a problem with that. It looks a lot worse because the Yankees ended up destroying their bullpen after because mm-hmm. pretty much every, everyone except Adam Warren pitched. Um, but like at the time, I was just like, oh, okay, Cece's out. Didn't really have that much of a problem with it. Yeah, um, I, since, I wasn't freaking out about it. Yeah, since Canely came in, he pitched two innings, um, and he did perfectly fine. 48, and, 48 pitches in those two innings by Canely, and yeah. I believe his career high is like was I think he was just short of his career high. I think his career high is around like fifty two, and his season high last year was only twenty seven. So, you know, him throwing forty eight pitches, man, that was was a so that was a circus. He he barely yeah. got out of that. He didn't give up a hit. He did walk two guys though, but. Mm. You know, I mean, I think something encouraging from this weekend, really, in all three games, was the Yankees bullpen. Uh, guys yeah, like I mean, okay, the chances. Yeah, go on. The bullpen did blow both the games on Friday, and uh, but, I mean, Jonathan Holder but, and Adam Warren. Hol- yeah, it was it was Holder and Warren. Um, but for the most part, the bullpen looked a lot better than they did in the Toronto series. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Say Friday, for example, Canley two scoreless innings, but Tansis, D. Rob, Chapman, Green, all scoreless inning. Shreve two scoreless innings. Um, mm-hmm. Chapman he he struggled in that inning. But he, he walked two guys, but he still he did he did he got out of it, which is what which is what you got to do. You're not always going to have your A plus stuff, and it's good that he got out of it. So um, for the most part, the bullpen has looked it's looked a lot better. Yeah, and yeah, that's you know, like yeah, obviously the bullpen ERA is still going to be affected, but you know the fact that the two I know Adam Warren is like I I, I was live tweeting the game yesterday, and uh, yeah, I tweeted out yeah, Adam Warren just has been dreadful this year, and you know I've maybe been overreacting a little bit, but he's been very bad, and he's a guy that I always like a lot of people uh, don't think highly of Adam Warren, but I've always thought highly of Adam Warren. I think he's been. I think Adam player. Warren is. To me, he's been such an underrated yeah, pitcher. He has been for so. I mean, what? How many years has he been with the Yankees? Six years, seven years. I mean, he's, he's been, been there a while. Like he, he was one really. Guys, good. He's one of those guys that you almost forget. Like forgets there. You almost think he's been there for only like a couple years. But then you remember, like, yeah, he was. You know, he's on that Cubs for like that one year, and you know, his he was other on the Cubs for half a year. He was yeah. terrible. He gets mm-hmm. traded back in the Chapman trade, yeah, and yeah, then always been had like an ERA in the twos. You know, the, mm-hmm. the twos or high threes. Twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's been. Yeah, a, he's just been very solid. He's not going to blow anyone away. He's not a star reliever, but he's just a very solid pitcher. Yeah, so that's why I've been kind of you know disappointed with Warren because I do think highly of him early on. So you know, him and Holder blowing the two games. You know, I just like that that uh, game Friday night. Like that was a situation where like Holder, yeah, that was his spot. Like you're in the yeah. 13th inning, you literally used Kane, Lee, Batances, D. Rob, Chapman, Green, mm-hmm. Street. Like yeah, but Holder is in that game until his arm fell off. Like yeah, it, it's as simple as that. He would have thrown six innings if he could have. Exactly. But he couldn't because he gave up a grand slam. And I think, Alex, you tweeted out that when he gave up that grand slam, his ERA went down. Yeah. No, that that was my favorite part. Yeah, um, uh, the one part of that game, or not one, the one part, but just pretty much my favorite part of that game was how Holder came in with a, a I think it was a 40.50 ERA because um, he had given up three runs and a third of an inning, I think it was. And then he right. throws two innings, gives up three earned runs, ZRA goes down. 
to 20.25, even though he literally gave up a grand slam. In and, the game. You know, he, he had the one good inning, but remember in that inning, he ended the inning with judge robbing a home run. So uh-huh. he like, he, Oh man, he is just so like when he was announced as like that final, uh, the 13th pitcher, you know, we all kind of just shook our heads. I don't we think anyone was happy when they found out that Jonathan yeah. Holder was going to look, I don't think I, I didn't think he was going to be this bad in the first 10 games, but I mean, it doesn't really like surprise you. Cause I mean, he's just, he's not that great of a pitcher as no, at this not. moment. He's not, he just, he doesn't ready. have anything good. Mm-hmm. His fastball is like 92, 93 and it's okay. If he can elevate it, um, and his curveball is okay if he can locate it, but for the most part, he doesn't have. I don't think he has that good command of either of those pitches. So he really, unless he's locked in, he's not going to be that good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. R- wrapping up Friday's game real quick because uh, you know that was an ugly one. That was the game. That was Gary's the last game he played. Obviously, that obviously this was a game that everyone left early. Out. Yeah. Drury, CC, Gary, uh, Tyler Wade, all left the game. It was it was a bloodbath, and mm. you know we still haven't seen any of those guys since. Um, I think Wade should be fine. I think Gary's fine. Wade, uh, I remember um, Michael K said in the game yesterday that Wade could have played. He, yeah, like he was available. So I'm thinking he 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 should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but. Hopefully yeah, Gary will be back soon. I mean, that was the game. Like, I mean, Gary's now, I believe, two for thirty-two. Uh, like him and Stanton just. <laughs> it's been brutal. Man, I brutal. the thing with Gary, um, I'm not, I'm not worried. Like personally, I'm not worried about either him or Stanton. As I'm more about Stanton. Gary, I think he only has like five or six strikeouts. Yeah, he didn't strike he's, out. Any he doesn't strike out. He's making contact. He's just not squaring anything up. So once he gets a feel for everything and starts squaring everything up, then it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so that was that was the game for us. Let's move on to the one win the Yankees had this season. One win. Hey, how about it? Um, it was Saturday. Uh, they won eight to three. Uh, Sonny Gray got the win. Chris Tillman got the L. Um, yeah, that this was even this win was it was just like an ugly win. Uh, you know, I'm glad they. Glad they did what they were supposed to do off Tillman, who you know is picking right up where he left last, <laughs> right where he left off last year. You know, as one of the worst start. I mean, I think he had like the third statistically, like the third worst season in uh, starting pitching history or whatever. Yeah, his, his ERA was in uh, like the high sevens. So yeah, that's all you need to know. Not something you want to have in your resume, but <laughs> yeah, this was a game that uh, you know Sonny Gray got the win through six innings, three runs, uh, another like. Another start for Gray that he definitely you can't call him great. Uh, how he had like I, an I incredibly think, low pitch count through. The first I think season. that was like the biggest pitches. part. Yeah. He had, he went through I think the first two innings and threw like ten, pitches, pitches. I believe. Yeah, it yeah, was, ten or eleven pitches, mm-hmm. which for the Yankees bullpen who had all but one pitcher go the night before that was huge. Yeah, it was the fact that he managed to go six innings. It was good. He. It would have been nice to see him go seven or eight, well, but thought, he managed think... to grind out six innings when he he didn't have his best stuff, and he still managed to grind it out and get the Yankees a win. Well, I don't think you could really blame him necessarily for um, you know not going seven because I think he had eighty five pitches after six, so he could have gone back out there for the seventh thing. I be- what was the score after at that point? I believe yeah, because the Yankees scored 
two runs in the bottom of the sixth inning. So it was a 5-3 game. So he could have went back out there for that seventh inning. But, you know, it's Boone's choice to take him out. Uh, he he definitely – I mean, he had uh, back-to-back scoreless innings in the fifth and sixth. But, you know, he definitely wasn't sharp. So no. I, I, you can't blame him for taking him out. And it ended up being the right move. You know, the bullpen uh, threw three scoreless innings between uh, Warren, D-Rob, and uh, Sessa, who actually looked pretty good. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really – I, like you can't put that hold that against Gray that he went six. You know, it was like a good, it was a good start by Gray. You know, it was a yeah group, but you know, like it wasn't his best start, like, but he did a said, really good job. Like somebody said, well, he goes, well, if Gray does this like every game, you know, game in game out, then that's fine. And I said, you know, that's not really fine because you know six innings, three runs is a four point five ERA. Yeah. So like he can't just keep having these starts. Like even like I know like you have, like I keep saying you have to grade the. uh opening day start in a curve because, you know, everyone gets taken out early, like four innings, one run, you know, like in six innings, three runs, like two, like choppy starts. You, like I'm going to need to see more like, you know, marquee starts from Gray. And I, I know it's, it's almost casual to say, well, Hey, I, I'm going to need to see some eight inning shutout performances from Sonny Gray. But you know, when you see Sevy going out there and Tanaka going out there and their first two starts and looking very good, you, you know, it's like, Hey, Sonny Gray, it's your time to shine. It's, He's probably going to get to start Thursday. I mean, we'll talk about the Red Sox series at the end of the show, but, you know, I, I still don't think the Yankees have announced who is going to No, be. they haven't yet. I'm hoping it was, it's great. I though. thought it was going to be uh, – there was a chance it was going to be Herman Excessa, but they both threw. I really yeah. hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. I hope it's not either because the Red Sox have their big three going in uh, sale, Price and Porcello. So the Yankees should have their big three going. But, yeah, you know, the game Saturday uh, – Another note about that game, four base running uh, outs, four outs on the bases for the Yankees. Uh, pretty ugly. Yeah, um, no, that's one thing that they really um, – I remember Michael Kay was saying yesterday, they have looked terrible running the bases this year, and I mm-hmm. I don't understand why. They just run into some really dumb outs. Like there was um, – I think Gardner's uh, two-run single in the second inning – yeah, and he just tried to go to second. He tried to go to second, um, and I don't even. Where was he even going? Like the he play was, was right in a throw home, but yeah, the the right field. The play was the right in front of him. Yeah, he he hit it to right field. It's not like he hit it to left, and they and he was just trying to stretch it into a double. It was right in front of him, and well, he still got thrown. Even center, because a lot of times center, it's tough to tell. Like that throw will be coming, yeah. and first baseman comes out of nowhere and cuts that off. Like that, you could almost. Look. But yeah, when it's in right field and you're like eighty feet away from the ball there's really no excuse for a guy like Gordon to be getting thrown out there exactly but yeah he had a pretty good game that day too but yeah let's let's just uh let's get into the game that was yesterday uh, do we have to <laughs> yeah, we do um it was a the game friday was 14 innings the game yesterday was 12 innings um the way it ended was probably a top three uh worst ways of, like i've ever seen a yankee game end like to be honest like i can't remember that it was one of the more painful yeah, endings that I can remember. Like thinking like bases loaded, nobody out, everyone's safe on that Gardner bunt. They had so all this momentum go. by starting over off the nice. inning with back-to-back walks. Gardner tries back-to-back to bunt walks. everyone over. No hits, bases loaded, no outs, we're good. And yeah, so before we get into that, yeah, the Yankees they jumped out to a five nothing lead. They're up five nothing. They batted around Gardy, Judge, Reyes. And Duhar, all getting big hits, all driving in runs. Everything's looking good. It's looking like it's going to be a pain-free Yankee game. 
But Jordan Montgomery had other plans. And <sighs> look, like I hate to like be so hard on Gumby, but like I'm not a Gumby guy. Like I I've, I've said that before on this podcast. Like I don't think he's that all that great. I don't think he's that all that t- I hate to say he's not all that talented, but in terms of, you know, in terms of just being like a starting pitcher, being a guy in this Yankees rotation, like I just don't think he's all that great. And, you know, in his first start of the year, he, you know, he battled through five innings, I believe two runs, and he was pretty fortunate to have that. And you know what? This start, he was fortunate to only give up four runs. Yeah, he really was. He he gave up up 10 hits and four and a third. 10 hits. And I believe the first – I mean, it could have been all. I, I think it was all four innings he pitched up. Mm-hmm. He gave up a leadoff hit every inning. It was the first inning leadoff hit, second inning leadoff yeah. hit. Yeah, you know, I was saying, Jesus Christ, you know, you can't be can't keep giving up these leadoff hits. You know, exactly. like that kid, those kill you. And you know, the two run homer was the last, uh, his last pitch. The last straw. He got so lucky but, in yeah, the he was lucky. first. It was almost like Gray's open. It was innings. almost like Gray's first start where he went four innings, yeah. one run. But you look at it and say, man, he was lucky to only give up one run because you know you had to play at the plate. He had like a few things go. You had a couple, like even Montgomery. He had a, those two double plays, which I'm not gonna say. Oh, that was lucky because you know he induced those double plays. Like exactly. that's good on him. But hey, it, you know you're not gonna have that happen to you every time. Like the, no. all I'm saying is the next the next three times after today, you go out and give up ten hits. You're probably not gonna give up four runs. You're probably gonna exactly. give up six, seven. You give up runs. ten hits in four and a third innings. You're gonna give up six, yeah. seven, eight runs yeah, on average. That's okay. So. Montgomery just had a terrible start. He had no yeah. command. He was leaving everything up, you know. He's but he still left the game with the lead, with the Yankees up five to four. And here's where the uh, the big problem comes in. Here's my I'm gonna have like we're gonna need a segment of me just like called like the Aaron Boone segment because <laughs> it was another wacky Aaron Boone bullpen decision. So in a five four game in the fifth inning with, after one, with one out of the fifth inning, runs, he puts in Herman. Okay, I I agree with that. You yeah, know, I don't have a problem. With that. It's still early. Your bullpen has been through hell and back all weekend. Okay, yeah, you put Herman in, who just got called up. You know, I agree with that. Okay, he pitches the fifth, does a good job. Pitches the pitches, sixth. Pitches the sixth. Well. He was good. He looked okay. really good. He looked really good. Okay, he, he gives you an inning and two thirds right there. Yeah, you go into, you're going into the seventh inning. You're like, okay, now we start so bringing in the big guns. Yeah, now it's the seventh inning. Now it's still a 5-4 game in the seventh inning. Now I'm looking around saying, wait a minute. Why is Herman back out there Yeah, in the seventh inning when – am I mistaken when I say that, wait a minute, the only guys that pitched yesterday out of the bullpen were Adam Warren D-Rob and Sessa. And Sessa was not going to pitch today. If my math is right, that means that Chad Green, Dylan Batances were both on a full day's rest. No, and that, you know, I'm I'm not like I was going to say Canley, but I understand like after Canley throwing nearly 50 pitches, yeah. you wanted him to I I get that, you know. He, like, okay, he, could, he could use two days off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, like, you know, so like, I get like say like Canley like probably was unavailable, so I'll give the Boone benefit out there, but nevertheless, you still had D-Rob and Batances and green just or no excuse me Batances and green just ready to go and you you stuck with Herman and stuck he, with Herman. He gives up the lead and you know you, you Anthony tied the game Santander back. hitting a home run you t- you tied the game back up but the point remains like look I know it's it's easy to say well if Batan- like if you based how Batances and how 
Chapman and how Shreve and even the fact that D Rob came into pitching and I know it was you know deep in the game it was when you know you had you kind of needed to but that just showed that D Rob was available. So yeah. why aren't you going with one of your your one of your big arms in the seventh inning of a one run game? I, I just, it was another move by Boone that just didn't make sense. Another and, thing, and I, like I said with uh with Holder. You know, putting Holder in the sixth inning in like that one game against uh, Tampa. It's almost the same thing where it's tough to blame Holder. It's tough to get too mad at Herman yeah. because you shouldn't be putting these guys in these situations. Exactly. It's not fair to them. They're not ready for this yet. We all no, know and the, that. The th- another thing that really just confused me was that, okay, yeah, he left Holder in too long. Game's tied at seven. He brings in Batanzas for the eighth inning, who he looked good. He looked yeah. really good in the eighth inning. Struck out two guys. He gave up a hit, but it doesn't matter. Kamachata. And he threw 19 pitches. Okay, I can see not bringing him back out. Yeah. Chapman pitches the ninth inning. Only threw 14 pitches. He also looked really good. Mm-hmm. I don't... And then for the 10th inning, takes Chapman out, brings in Chase and Shreve, who threw six pitches. Yeah, and you just don't bring him back And then out. he took him out. He brought in yeah. D-Rob. Yeah. I don't understand that. When Shreve, Shreve can go multiple innings, he did that on Friday. Why would you take him out when he obviously looked really good? He threw six pitches. He could go another two or another inning or two. Why would you com- continue to distri- to uh, take guys out of your bullpen and use more and more people when Shreve only threw six pitches? Yeah, that 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 didn't make sense. And then you know, D Rob, I get why he only went an inning because he pitched. Yeah, no, he pitched. Yeah. At that he point, you, you just went Batances, Chapman, Shreve, and D-Rob all threw it in. And we bring in Warren, who just ultimately loses the game. Mm. Uh, two hits, went a walk that inning, threw 37 pitches. In that he really he really was struggling that inning. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was lucky to even get out of that inning with one run. It was very close to being like a two-three run. Thing, the thing with Warren that inning, too, it's like they weren't exactly hitting him hard. Like all the Even um, Gentry's hit that gave the Orioles a lead. It was just a ground ball that got lucky and went through the left side of the infield. His problem was that he had no out pitch. Gentry's at bat went like 12 pitches because he was just fouling everything off because Warren could not get, he could not locate any pitch that could get anyone out. Nope. And he, he struck out the side in that inning, but that's because he really did not have control of anything. Ah, yeah. And then, you know, even after the Yankees went down a run in the 12th, they, they had a chance after two walks and uh, after Brett Gardner reached on an error after bunting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have your two big sluggers up, everything's set, and a double play and a strikeout, and the game's over. I, I'm still just like, I'm like, I'm just amazed by that. That was just incredible. I mean, I'm more like in shock by it yeah. because. I think Judge and Stanton's at bats combined lasted like six or seven pitches. Right. Judges was like two. Stanton's thought, was like I thought you were gonna say six or seven seconds, and that also would have been appropriate. That just, that would have worked like too. It was it's like, like oh, they had all this momentum. Yeah, they had all this momentum. Bases loaded, nobody out. Judges at the plate, and then you know a minute later, bam, game's over. Oh my! I really like. I, I don't even want to go that much into that. I think we're we're just gonna hop right into what the hell is going on, with John Carlos Stanton. And, and look, I'll say it right now. I played baseball in South Florida. I played travel baseball. I played like a lot. Like I played a lot of damn baseball in Florida. And playing baseball in Florida, it's 
it's nice. It's always in the seventies and the eighties. It sometimes gets really hot, but so, so you what know, you're saying is that it's a little different playing in New like, York. It, in it, I really do because you know a lot of people don't buy into the whole. Oh well, you know he should be. He played on the road. You know he he's not like he always played. In the heat. Yeah, but when you play in a climate like South Florida, like Miami, and even you know John Carlos from Cali, it's it's tough to just go to New York and especially now i mean it's been in the 40s all these cold games all these home games it's it's miserable there right now well and one thing that stood out to me was that in the toronto series they were playing in a dome and Stanton, he did not look that bad yeah he hit the two he, homers he I mean, had two he homers in opening day he didn't get that he didn't get that many other hits but he had his walks and stuff he looked he didn't look terrible and then they go they come to yankee stadium and play six games there where it was pretty cold all six games and uh his his stats in those games uh 28 at bats three hits one homer 13 or uh, three rbi 16 strikeouts uh, 107 average and three runs now That's Tanner, um jason giambi's first 34 at bats at yankee stadium he was seven to 34 a rod's first 20 at bats he was four for 20 so you know playing at yankee stadium in april for hitters it sucks it yeah. really does. And I'm not saying like, oh, that, you know, problem solved. It's because of the weather. Like, no, John Carlo is definitely feeling the New York nerves. Like, th- there's yeah. no doubt about my mind. Like, he's in a new place. He's facing new pitchers. It- it's a whole transition for him. He's, you know, he's expected to be, he's coming off a 59 home run year. He's feeling the pressure. There's no doubt exactly. about it. And he's, he's, I think he's going to snap out. I know he's going to snap out. Oh, he's going to snap out of it. Well, there's uh, a, uh, there's a tweet uh, by Michael Salfino that says yeah, Stanton with night, Stanton yeah. has, 19 strikeouts in his last 10 games. He matched that in a 10-game stretch in 2015 and had 21 in 10 games in 2014 and 2016. So it's not like this is just (laughs) out of the ordinary. I know you didn't read the last part of that tweet. It just says, this shit happened. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, it's not out of the ordinary. It's not something that's going to happen, you know, five times a year, but... Stanton will go through stretches where he really struggles like this. And he's going, he, he ends up snapping out of it. Last year, he didn't have, I think I thought, saw a thing on ESPN. He didn't have a four strikeout game last year, but that's because last year was a career year for him. Yeah. And this year, he's having another one of these really bad slumps that he has where he just doesn't see the ball well and he's striking out a lot. And it just looks a lot worse because this is how he's starting his career with an entirely new team, which is not helping the the, the slump because play, going from Miami, who has probably one of the calmer fan bases, to the Yankees, who has one of the most intense fan bases in baseball, that cannot be easy. And his first game at Yankee Stadium, he gets booed. Yep. So over, it's just... He really just has to adapt to playing Yankee Stadium and he has to deal with everything. So, like, overall, I'm not overly worried about him. I'm not going to overreact and say this is who he is now. The entire trade's a bust. But it's not, I, I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to snap, completely snap out of this anytime soon because he has to physically and mentally adapt to playing for the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah, so we I put out a couple of uh, polls on the BBB Twitter. 
in the last uh, 24 hours. One of them was, do you have a problem with the Yankee fans booing Giancarlo? And there's been 1,500 votes as of right now. And 53% said yes, 47% said no. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty split that even of like how people uh, feel about this, you know? And I, I think I have a problem with maybe people booing him that first game. Like, yeah, that was a five-track yeah. game. But like, yeah, like if you have a problem with people booing him yesterday, come on. Like, come on. Like, and I'm someone that's defended Giancarlo. And like, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people out there tweeting like, oh, this guy's trash. This guy's awful. Like F him. And, you know, those people just, just aren't intelligent because if yeah. you've if you've looked at this guy's career, you know, this guy's, you know, he's a guy that's, he, there's a possibility. Like, it's not like Giancarlo's a hitter that, oh, he's guaranteed to hit 260 plus. Like, he can hit 230, 240. Like, he's that yeah. type of hitter. Like, power hitters are streaky, man. Like, they at times they look like, you know, juggernauts. And then at times they look like they belong in double A. That's just yeah. how power hitters work in baseball. It, yeah. It's, well, crazy, the, the thing with Stan is like he's not a five tool player like Mike Trout. He yeah. had a career year last year. He hit 280 last year and won MVP. But he's not going to hit 280, 290 every single year of his career. He's going to hit 250, 260, and you know 30, 40, maybe 50 home runs. And that is the player that he is. Last year, he just went off, and that mm-hmm. and he has the potential to do that. But he's not going to hit 60 home runs every single year. I also put out a poll. I think asked if Yankee fans are if you're worried about the Yankees, and I think 70% said no. But the fact that 30% are worried, like are legitimately worried, it just you know speaks to the sky is falling uh, mm-hmm. narrative that you really see a lot on Yankees Twitter, especially yesterday. And I know those losses were brutal. Like trust me, I had a freaking oh, live tweet. I had a live tweet that five hour game from hell. Like all no, I wanted I, by the time it was the tenth inning, all I wanted to do was watch <laughs> the Masters. So like, that's all yeah. I was just like, please like let this game. This is like so awful to watch. Like mm-hmm. up the Yankees have a chance to end it. Nope. It, it was it was just so bad. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, you know, some more fun facts about John Carlo. First player in the live ball era to have two games with zero hits and five strikeouts in the same season. I'm questioning um, your fandom by you saying these are fun facts. Um, yeah, Yankees eight and twenty in extra inning games at home since start of 2013. What's the point of even watching them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just it was a rough weekend. Mm-hmm. With all that being said, with all that negativity, they're five and five. Yeah, they're they're five and five. Look, a team like the Dodgers right now, three and six. A team like the Nationals, I believe, they're below 500. It, we're ten games, 10 into, games the into the season. Yeah. It, it could be a lot worse with all that's happened, with all the injuries, with all the skies falling, with all the you know, John Carlos, with John Carlos and Gary literally looking like Beavis and Butthead out there. We're freaking <laughs> five and five, and there's really, I'm not gonna say there's nothing to be worried about, but the reason I feel so confident is because of the pitching. I know the bullpen had yeah. that terrible patch, but. I feel with the way Sevy's looked, with the way Tanaka's looked, and how the bullpen's coming back, I feel confident with the mm. team heading into Boston. No, the pitching is a huge – it looks like a big strength for the Yankees this year. And um, the rotation was the one thing that a lot of people would point out as saying this might be the Yankees' um, one uh, weakness. But outside of Montgomery, the Yankees' rotation has been really solid so far. Gray has had, you know, a, his two starts have been just okay. CC's first start against the Jays was good. His other one was okay. 
Sevi and Tanaka have been fantastic. Um, and it just, they've been, they've been pitching good enough for the Yankees to win the games. Um, and you know, they, they haven't for a few of them, but it's not something there where you just think the team is doomed because they have, they have the potential to win those games that they lost. So in the future, they're going to win games like that, but you know, it's still, it's early on in the season. No one's going to be playing perfectly. It's 40 degrees. It's not ideal baseball conditions right now. So anything that happens right now, it's not going to dictate how the rest of the season is going to go. Right, right. So that, yeah, that was, I'm done talking about that weekend forever. <laughs> uh, I might even just delete this episode after I record it because, yeah, that was just a weekend from hell. Uh, yeah. Thank God. At least they got one win out of it. But, yeah, let's answer some of these Twitter questions. Um, we only had a few. We have a few, but pretty broad. But I'm going to start with this one from, check out this Twitter name, uh, from the great Boone Bina. <laughs> and he has, <laughs> you know, his profile That's picture, pretty great. It's just like, you know, a picture of the babe with uh, like two or three bats and then Boone's face. <laughs> That's um, pretty great. Uh, I, I can't even uh, say this question now. Who is the Yankees? Uh, you said who's the Yankees' most clutch player besides DD? Because you know, obviously Didi's the answer. Um, I would say Gardy. Uh, Gardy yeah, I believe. Like, I, like you know, they always pull up that stat about like you know the most Yankee walk-offs since two thousand, and it's like you know it's like Gardy and Melky and A Rod, and so yeah, Gardy. You know, he last year he had a really clutch year. That home run against the Cubs was like that, <sighs> that was, was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Last pit, down your last pitch, two nothing to hit that three-run shot. That was an awesome game. That weekend he had where he had like the tying run and then the walk off back to back games. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So I would say Gardy is probably mm-hmm. the uh, most clutch player in the Yankees. <laughs> this one, a lot of these are just jokes. You know, some of that you think Jeter will trade Starlin back for Stanton. I feel so bad for Starlin Castro. <laughs> Starlin Castro. Uh, he's still, he's still like every time like I was watching the Marlins Red Sox game. I think like last week, the game that went into extras that the Marlins lost, and like yeah, I just Stalin got up to the plate, and I just said, "Oh my, oh my god!" Like that. Yeah, this god. poor guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I our own uh, Jason Hurst nine nine asked, "Can you remember a more brutal day of baseball than today?" And I kind of got mad at this question because like yo, know, I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the 04 ALCS, but like come on, man, like a brutal day of baseball. It's like it's the tenth game of the regular season. Yeah. Like and yeah, the game sucks. That doesn't compare. That doesn't compare for me until the the 2004 ALCS, the two what was it, the 2012 ALCS where like the oh, Tigers that was awful. Shat on us. That was awful. And the freaking Jabba bug game. Those for me are like the top three all time. Even worst okay, even um, game two of the ALDS this past uh, year. Game seven. I, I literally like I, that was like the worst moment. Of, like yeah, my baseball being my. So when I hear people say like oh. And there, can you remember anything worse than this? Like, yeah, I actually can. Yeah, like, there's a lot worse season. than this. I will. I probably won't even think about this game in like two months. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Or we'll uh, look back on it and be like, "Wow, they that that game sucked." But look where they are now. You know. Um, yeah. This question's from Ryan Gold. How do we get the message to Stan to stop trying to hit a home run every time he's at the plate? Um, I uh, I don't have John Carlos' number or his email, <laughs> or, uh, his ear, but I'll, I'll I'll DM him on Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but like you know, I don't know. He's it's really like I said. I think it's just nerves. I think he's just really. I also think that's just kind of how his swing is. Yeah, he's also a home run hitter, so kind of hard to stop asking him to hit home <laughs> runs. And then you know another question about Stan. Um, 
What are your thoughts about John Carlo and his struggle season? Do you think he will improve, or should we be expecting this for the rest of the season? Um, I don't think we should be expecting John Carlo to hit a 170 with, I think, what was he on? To, uh, I'm going to try to do the math here real quick. He's probably on, if he plays like 140, 50 games, he's probably on pace for like 170 with like 28 homers. So I wouldn't say that he's, uh, you know, uh, on pace to do that. We should expect <laughs> him to do that. I think he's going to improve. Hot take. Hot take. He's Giancarlo Stanton is not going to be. Yeah, bad. Giancarlo Stanton will not hit under 200. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, this one, kind of last one, not a question, but the Red Sox have a shot to bury the Yankees this coming series. And Alex, this one kind of set you off a little bit. See, to me, it's so early on. Yeah. Um, see, even after this series, the Red Sox series is over, it's going to be 13 games into the season. And even if the Red Sox sweep, they'll be, what, 12 and 1? On the season, they're nine and one, right? They're eight and one right now. I think they're. Hang on, let me check. I think they're eight and one. Yeah, I think they're eight and one. I think they're eight and one because they. So okay, a, don't I don't be. Think they, I don't think they played the Rays in two four-game sets because I know no. they played the Marlins in a two-game set, and yeah, I think it was four and three. Yeah, so they're just. Yeah, they're eight. They're eight and one. Mm-hmm. So they'll be eleven and one if they sweep the Yankees, and the Yankees will be six and a half out of first place. And to me, six and a half games out, 13 games into the season. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks the Yankees would be five and eight to start the season that they're supposed to, you know, win the World Series. But it's not going to completely bury them. The Yankees still have 150 games left of the season to play. They still, they could easily pull off, you know, winning 15 of 20 or, and, 22 or 30 it's something like that they have the potential to do that and the red sox have started off their season by playing nine games against the rays and the marlins who quite possibly could be the two worst teams in baseball and And they've gotten the job done against those teams you know like credit to them but yeah you know i don't honestly think it's gonna almost not bite them in the back but when you think about it I mean, how many times do the Yankees – like 18 times do the Yankees play the Rays? 19. 19, 19 times. So yeah. you get seven of those 19 games against the Rays out of the way. You kind of want those spread out throughout the season. You kind of yeah, want yeah. those games. You'd almost want it like – like, you know, like you always play like that. There's that one ALEs team, it seems like, every year that you play in September like eight times, mm. right? And like, hey, you'd rather play the Rays seven times in, let's say, September, September than yeah. maybe in April or May. So. See now, I I remember I think I saw a thing saying the Red Sox play the Rays like ten times in April as a whole, which means yeah. in you know in May, June, July, August, and September yeah, they play them nine times. nine times. Yeah. So that's only going to be a disadvantage to them because that just makes their schedule in the last five months of the season even harder. And, and sure, yeah, they might ha- they might be you know fifteen twenty games over five hundred at the end of April. And if you put this into perspective, the Yankees don't play the Rays again till June 14th. Wow. Yeah, like that they don't play the Rays all of May. I'm looking at the schedule now. You know, um the Yankees I, I just want to say this cuz I'm going through the schedule real quick. The Yankees I I don't get, like to get caught up too much in record early on in the year, but they have a really tough stretch of games coming up. Like, mm-hmm. really, like, look, they play the Red Sox three times in the road. Okay. Then you play the Tigers three times in the road. That shouldn't be too tough, even though I think the Tigers are four and four right now. 
Um, then you play the Marlins twice at home. Okay, those are two games you have to get. You play the t- Blue Jays in a four-game set at home. That We usually do pretty well against the Blue Jays at the stadium. Uh, yeah. Toronto is another story. But then you play the Twins in a four-game set. Four okay. games against the Twins at home. Then you play the Angels in a three-game set on the road. Then you play the Astros in a four-game set on the road. Then you play the Indians in a three-game set on the road. Oh, and then you play the Red Sox in a three-game set at home. That's a brutal stretch of yeah. the Angels, the Astros, the Indians, and the Red Sox. Those could be the four best teams in the American League, mm-hmm. and you have to play them all in a row. And honestly, if they can – let's see, that's what? That's a brutal stretch right there. That's it. That is really, really tough. And if the Angels can come out of that, you know, they have the series against the Angels and the Astros is on the road, the Indians and the Red Sox is at home. If they can come out of that with a 500 record – yeah. I'd be I'd be perfectly happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say like as long as they're like at 500 or like above 500 even if they're like, you know, I'm not sure how many games they're at that point. But even if they're like 18 and 17 or something like yeah. I would be perfectly fine cuz that's a tough stretch, man. That is a, it's not it's not said, easy. I like the first thing I saw when I opened the schedule cuz I was just seeing if they uh, updated the pitching matchups for the show. And the first thing I saw, like I just scrolled down a little bit, it was like, "Oh wow, that's Houston and Cleveland together." And then I looked up and just see the Angels and the Twins who I'm like, "Well, the Angels at this point if Otani keeps doing what he's doing, like holy, uh, it, it really like it really hurts to see Otani. Like he was literally mm-hmm. like when the Yankees lost that game yesterday, like the moment they lost, like Otani still had like his perfect game. Yeah, he was through like six innings. Yeah, just like oh my god, that would be the biggest pouring salt in the wound moment of all time if Otani threw a perfect game here, but he didn't. So yeah, the Yankees uh really tough schedule coming up. But let's preview these three games that they have coming up Tuesday through Thursday against the Red Sox. Uh. You know, the Yankees Red Sox rivalry, it feels like feels like Yankees and Red Sox fans kind of are starting to uh, hate each other again. There's a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of uh hatred on Twitter, a lot of back and forth, a lot of Red Sox fans enjoying these Yankee struggles early on. But you know, the Red Sox, like you gotta say, you have to give credit where credit's due. Like, because look, if they're yeah, they're playing the Rays, they're playing the Marlins. I get it, but like that's what they're supposed to do. They've done what they're supposed to do. Exactly. They're, they played well against the teams they need to beat. Um, I'm not sure the status of Xander Bogarts because I know he went down, but he's been just. Ri- I saw a stat, and I know, like, I, I'm not like a big like inside like these new age baseball stats, but I think Xander Bogarts. They said he, like, he barreled six balls all of last year, and this year he's already barreled six balls. Wow. Yeah, and I was. I just said, I was like, wow, that's that's like that's something where it's you know people every time someone uh improves in hitting, they just scream steroids. Like that's something that you could actually like statistically. Like Kyle is like, no, he's actually just barreling the ball up. Like he, he's, you know, he's just do, he's just seeing the ball a lot exactly. better than he was all last year. Um, some more stats: uh, Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts has had a really good start to the year. Uh, so has Hanley. Uh, so is Rafi Devers. Um, the Red Sox, they're still not. It's remember how last year the Red Sox just didn't hit any home runs. They're mm-hmm. still not hitting a lot of home runs. They've only hit no. seven home runs in the first nine games. And I, I think that yeah, they they don't have uh, anybody with more than two home runs. Bogarts has two home runs, and they don't have anyone else with more than one. So it looks like it's going to be another uh, you know team for the Red Sox that just doesn't hit a lot of long balls, which still is weird. Um, but yeah, they've just been hitting really well as a team. You know, JD Martinez so far through 31 at bats, hitting 226 with only one homer, four RBIs. So I mean, you know, he really hasn't been all that good. But then again, still early on. That's, as we've seen with some of our big sluggers, but yeah. So the Tuesday night, uh, you know, Tuesday night matchup is the big one. ESPN, Sevy versus Sale. Uh, 
you know, Sebi versus really feels like it's going to be like once one of those rivalries, one of those like ace versus ace matchups that we see for the next few years. Um, we've already had a couple of really good matchups between them, and here's the hopefully the first of many this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, set like sales looked great through his first two starts. Sevy's looked great. Sevy's looked fantastic. Yeah, it's one of those things where like, hey, something's got to give. Uh, through two start sales during eleven innings, six hits, only one earned run, three walks, five, 15 strikeouts, with the, so that equates to a .82 ERA and a .82 WHIP, because he has not walked anybody yet. Which or no, excuse me, he's walked three people. Excuse me, but same WHIP as the ERA. Um, he's thrown. He's averaged ninety-two pitches per game through his first two games, so they really haven't stretched him too much. And I've always said, like, that's a big thing with Sale. Like, if one of these teams could just realize, like, wait a minute, if we just cut off, like, an inning from each one of his 30, 35 starts, then maybe he doesn't break down towards the end of the year. Because he always yeah. – he just – the guy's a horse. And you look at him and he he doesn't equate you, – you wouldn't think he was a horse. You would think he was one of those guys that, you know, just went out through six innings every time. But, no, he's got – it. likes to go deep into games. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a really good matchup. On Tuesday, probably going to be a low-scoring game. Going to need Sevy to bring his A stuff because that's a game where you know you you don't want to drop a four or five this early in the season. Exactly, so that's going to be an important game. Then on Wednesday night, it's Masahiro Tanaka versus the Money Man himself, David Price, who, <laughs> the thirty million dollar reliever, who is shutting up all the doubters like myself so far because he has not given up a run through in his two starts, um, fourteen innings pitch, seven hits. No runs, three walks, and ten strikeouts. And he hasn't been throwing a lot. Hasn't thrown a lot of pitches either. Um, I think he's only thrown like around like 80, 85 pitches in each of his two starts. So he's looked really good. And then Thursday, it's not announced who the Yankees are going to pitch on Thursday, but I'm, it should be Sonny Gray. I'm going to uh, say it's either going to be Gray or Sessa. Yeah, uh, and I, I wouldn't. I expect- hope it's Gray. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I wouldn't expect to see Sessa in a game at Fenway. Uh, who, who is the pitcher for the Yankees? I always forget the stamp, but I'll never forget this game. Who let up like five home runs in a row at Fenway? And it was like his first start. What was his name? Like I can't really like, – it's like do you remember that though? No, like he yeah. was back to back to back. I feel like that could happen if Luis Sessa started a game. Uh-huh. Like, well, know, I like remember – I think it was in 2015 or tw- – it was 2016. Sessa started a game at Fenway, and mm-hmm. literally the first he inning. Started at Fenway, he, he started at Fenway before, but I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. at this point, even though he looked good in that one inning, like yeah, I just, yeah, well, that I just, one inning is yeah. not something to judge. Yeah. I don't trust Sessa starting at Fenway. No. So yeah, you probably see uh, Porcello versus Sonny Gray on Thursday. So you know it, what it looks like now. You know, if, unless things change, it, you're going to have the three best Yankee pitchers versus the three best Red Sox pitchers. It's going to be a really good. Really good test early on. And, you know, like we keep mentioning, yeah, they've only played the Rays and the Marlins, but when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're eight, when you've won eight out of nine, you've won eight out of nine. Like, yeah. like people don't uh, equate the mentality and like the mental uh, aspect of baseball enough. Which, like, look, when you're coming off a devastating loss like that, it wears on you. Like, you're people, you're, you're a person, you're, mm-hmm. it's going to affect you. And when you've won eight out of nine games, and especially the way the Red Sox have been winning, they've been like coming back, or down seven to two yesterday. And the damn Rays can't even get out of the eighth <laughs> with the lead. 
Like, not even they lost that game. The fact that they blew the lead in the eighth. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's now they're down one going into the ninth. I was like, are you kidding me? And I just remember watching the Yankees game. Michael Kay is just like, yeah, Red Sox, Rays lead the Red Sox 7-2 yeah. here in the eighth inning. Then, like, 10 minutes later, he goes, yep. yeah, and the Red Sox now have an 8-7 lead over the Rays. No, the worst part about that whole rally, because I was actually watching, like, some of the highlights. Like, MLB posted the, highlight, the highlight of that, like, eighth inning. I'm like, let me just watch this and see, like, how they are. The last hit Ben Attendee had was literally a fly ball to left center. And the Rays just, like, didn't get to. It was just like – ice, and, like, the way they – like, the center fielder got to the ball and, like, almost just threw it in, like, on the run. Like, I said, like, this shit – like, this is a joke. Like, yeah. this team is an absolute joke that they're even – like, they're 1-8 now. They're, they, like, I literally don't see them winning, like, 40 games before the All-Star break. Just terrible, mm. man. Just absolutely awful. They're – they're – oh, God. It sucks that the Rays are this bad just because in the past they've actually been, you know, they haven't been great the past few years, but they've been a yeah, at least decent they could enough hit. opponent. At least they, could, they, at least they could usually hit. Like, yeah, you know, or they, like they, last year they could hit years before the they could pitch. But, you know, guys like Logan Morrison and Longoria and Steven Souza Jr. And I know I'm forgetting someone, but like those guys Dickerson. could actually – yeah, Dickerson. Those guys could actually, you know, there were threats to put up 30, 35 home runs a year. They're exactly. actually guys that – could make this even if they were only winning 76 games you know the Rays were still like somewhat of an exciting team to watch because you know mm. they had a lot of good hitters but now they are just a farm team they're, yeah they're just awful oh but their number yeah. three hitter is Carlos Gomez I know who they literally just signed like two weeks ago yeah so yeah um more notes on the Red Sox uh Kimbrell has looked good to start the year he's thrown five innings as, as expected Kimbrell's just dynamite but other than Kimbrell in that bullpen you know it's I'm not scared of anyone yeah, Matt, Bar- Matt, Matt Barnes Bobby Pointer uh, Heath Hembry those are their guys those are like their main guys uh <laughs> Marcus Walden uh Carson Smith like all the you know Carson Smith and Carson Smith and Joe Kelly have been awful like they have yeah. just been very bad for Carson years. Smith and Joe Kelly have both given up four runs in three and two thirds and three and a third. They've walked the two of them, yeah, in those innings combined, they've walked eight guys. So, yeah, they, they've been pretty bad. But what do you, how are you feeling going into this Red Sox series? Are you think the Yankees are going to rebound, or you think that, like, what do you think is more likely, the Yankees winning the series, or the Red Sox winning the series? I think. I honestly, I think the Red Sox winning the series is yeah, I, probably more likely, but I don't. I, I think it'll just be two out of three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Yankees easily should be. They should be able to win the game with Price pitching because they've always been able to hit Price really, Tanaka, really well. Tanaka usually pitches pretty well against the Red Sox. Yeah, exactly. Tanaka had that one game last yeah, year where he just threw the like, jab. I believe that was last April, wasn't it? In yeah. Yeah, that was Tanaka versus Sale. Yeah, and Sale pitched what four times against the Yankees last year, and they were four and zero in Tyler those Austin games. Needs to start on Tuesday. Yes, he does. No, I think Sale. I th- I don't expect the Yankees to score seven runs off of Sale. Oh no! But you, if you, they you do, like, Sale in April, Sale like April through July, like you can never expect to get more than like two runs off. No, no. Like, if they just have good at bats against Sale. And they drive his pitch count up, and they get to the Red Sox bullpen in the sixth or seventh inning. Then they they set themselves up to really uh, win the game, because the Yankees bullpen is miles ahead of the Red Sox bullpen. Yeah, even after so, even after the like you know some terrible performances by the Yankees bullpen, it doesn't exactly. impact that 
Well, the Red Sox have had terrible performances by their bullpen too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Yankees bullpen just has a lot more potential and is in general just better. They just had, they just made some mistakes. The Red Sox bullpen is not good. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, so it's really really don't have much else other than that. Uh, yeah, just just a rough week. I'm still feeling the effects from it. Uh, Man, that really just too. You usually don't get like two. You're like where your last two losses are both just like brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a stretch last year, like the, like the clip, the whole like Clifford stretch last year in like May was also pretty bad. That's that like was the, bad. Yeah, yeah, that like that was the last I really remember it being this bad. But and the, and the thing is, though, they've, the Yankees have lost five games this year. Four of those have been heartbreakers, so they're not going to be this bad. The bullpen's not going to blow this many games the rest of the year. You just got to get through this stretch, forget that this past weekend happened, and just wait for the team to, you know, to get to fulfill their potential. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Hope will be updating all the injury guys who, you know, who's coming back, who's rehabbing, all in Bronx Mama Ball. Check it out. Um. I'm really. I don't even know what to say anymore about this team because I, I'm just so like I'm. I'm almost. I feel like I'm almost drained. More drained from all like the things I've seen on Twitter, mm-hmm. like the whole skies falling crowd, than I am about the actual team. Because I know. I know this team's gonna be fine. Yeah. Like I felt. I didn't feel good after that game yesterday, but you know, was it was more of just like a. The, how did pre- they do that? Yeah, I was like pretty calm in terms of like the outlook and the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. but. You know, between there's two things that kind of changed that for me. But seeing all the like how upset all these fans are, so many of these fans are, and then just looking at that schedule in late April, early May, like that is just brutal. I mean, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> like really, like because you know that, you look at the uh, like you know I think the tw- like I, I'm someone that doesn't think too highly of the Twins, but you know they, they did make the playoffs last year. They you know they're pretty good, and then you have the Angels who. Yeah, I mean, if, it's like <laughs> the I'm angels. Not, like, the angels could be scary. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm having, I'm not looking like too far into it, but I mean, hey, we play the angel three games. That is, that gives us a sixty percent chance that we're going to face Otani. Yep. And uh, I don't know. He kind of looks good. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are baseball scouts, but he two games he looks good at the plate and on the mound. Yeah. So he had a home run off of Kluber. Yeah. So. That's all you need to know. Um, yeah, obviously the Astros rematch, they're always going to be tough. I think they only have one loss so far. Uh, yeah, so not not the best weekend. Not not the best times for to be a Yankees fan, but it's a long season. It's 10 games down, 152 to go. And we're going to be here all throughout. And, yeah, that's all we got. So, Alex, any closing thoughts? Eaters. Eaters, boys. Hopefully the Yankees pick up that series win against the Sox, and we'll talk to you guys later.